Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back and reunited. Feels very good. Phil, welcome back. Today we'll be learning Daf Samach Zayin in Maseches Bavakama. Barry, when Andrew looks down at those two footprints in the sand, that's going to be you carrying him for the next two days while he's away. Come back to us in, uh, in good health, Andrew. Okay, I couldn't resist starting 11 lines up from the bottom of Samach Vavam Bez. And Andrew's not here, so who's going to know, the, who's going to care? So 11 lines up from the bottom of Samach Vavam Bez, you may have noticed, we were zochet to, uh, Phil was zochet to be in Israel, I was zochet to be in Israel, Bez Hashem, we all be zochet to uh, come back to Israel and the Gula Shleim. In the meantime, we're learning the Yilin Ishmas, everyone who was lost, and for as close for everyone who's fighting for Klal Yisrael, we be zochet to Achdus and uh, Yeshuas for everyone. Okay. Perak Maruba in Bevakama. Uh, okay, so now Maruba means plentiful. <laughs> that means that we were talking about Nezek, right? Up until now, we were talking about all different kinds of uh, paying for damages. A thief, okay, Rachman al-Itzlan, pays extra. That's in the Torah, right? They, and we'll see the Pasuk soon enough, and we've seen it already, but we'll see it together, right? That you have to pay back what we call Dalad Vehei. Four times, five times, depending on what you stole, right? The person has to pay, uh, pay back uh, many-fold that, okay? So the question that arose over the last couple of days were, at, at what point does the thief actually, this is the uh, abstract yeshiva, yeshiva idea that you could discuss in the yeshivas for months, and like anything we learn, but especially these dapim, you can delve very, very deep into these dapim. Um, so, but we're going to try to get at least the basic substructure over here. And the question becomes an abstract idea. At what point is the Gazlan, it's, con- it's called Kinyane Geneva and Kinyane Gazela. At what point does he acquire it, okay? Uh, and that triggers a lot of the things. It'll trigger when he has to pay Dalad Behei, right? When do you have to pay Dalad Behei? When it's Tavach Umachar. If a person stole, um, and we'll see, see this hopefully in today's daf, it'll reference this again. If somebody stole an animal, right? So you're supposed to, Beheshevis HaGazela, right? You're supposed to return said animal and then Right, so maybe you'll pay kefil, but if it's tavach umachar, if you irreversibly altered the animal by shechting it and selling it, okay, so then now you can't return the animal. So now you're gonna have to pay many fold. That's an irre- irreversible kind of action, okay. So the question is, if you do kinyana geneva, if you're kona it to the point where now it's yours as a ganav, so then you're not really. So then it's already yours. Have you deepened the, 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 the ownership of it by making it irretrievably returned? So there's the abstract idea. We're just going to leave floating out there for now as sort of the backdrop of what we're saying, which is the follows. When, I mean, it's a funny, it's a funny idea. When a thief steals, who owns it now? So the fact that he has to return it, Vahesheva Zagzela, tethers him to some extent to the original owner of, of the of the object, right? But by the same token, there is such, such a thing called Kenyana Gazela, and as we'll see, will he, for example, can he take off Meister? Can he be Makdashit, right? Can he, can, he, can he do things with this item that he took that are typical of an owner of said thing, okay? So I'm sort of summarizing a lot of the doping that we've been discussing in order to get us back into the groove, and the reason I'm starting 11 lines up from the bottom of the base is because um, is because Rabbah 
con- contemplated this question for no less than 22 years. And I thought that that was worth it. So, you know, we're going to give it 22 minutes, but, and Rava is certainly not a level of Rava, but I thought that, that was an amazing place to start. Amar Rava, Rava the Great Rava says of his Rebbeim, Hai Milsa Kashi Rabba Rav Yosef Esrim Betartin Shnin. Right, that Rabba asked Rav Yosef this, this issue for 22 years, Velo'i Parka. And they never were able to resolve what the question is. We'll see what the question is in a second. Ad Yosef Yosef Parka. What happened was, Rabbah passed away. He was the Rosh Hashiva. He was considered like the brilliant uh, Oker Harim, right? And Rabbi Yosef, when he became the Rosh Hashiva in his stead, um, had Siata de Shemaya, where he had insights that he that he didn't uh, previously have before. Rav Malinowitz, that's how he used to always say this when he gave a drusha to the shul. He would say that he had certain questions that he was contemplating and the resolution, the depth of the resolution of what he was trying to say to the kahila would occur to him as he was speaking to the kahila in the schus of the kahila, right? So there's some sort of mechanism there where in the schus of being, and by the way, I, I can't, if I'm not uh, saying over daft to you guys, I, I can't make heads or tails of any of it, right? It's in your schus, if I am making any sense, that it's only in your schus. So this is what he's saying over here that he had an insight. What was the topic? And here we go. You ready, Barry? Shinu Hashem Kishinu Dami. That was the question. So we said that when a, th- when a thief, right, acquires something, right, it's actually is, right, how does a thief, we say, right? So a physical change in an item would certainly mean that it's his already, Right? This is what we mean by tavachumacha, right? That's how we got into this. If you shecht an animal, now it's physically totally different, and now the, now the ganav owns it. Okay. So what about if you don't shecht it, but you reappropriate it, you use it for something else, or you change it in some physical way? So if you change it in some physical way, like shechting it, then the ganav is already going to be konet, and we'll see like, the, the ramifications as we've discussed. But what if you just change its name, right? Change, sort of, so to speak, its status. We'll see. Why does it, why is a physical change uh, actually change it? Asks the Gemara. Shina Maisa Mai Taima. What's the reason that a change in physical acquires it? Hasam Ikar Eitzim Hashtakalim. Well, initially it was just a block of wood. Now it's like a wooden bowl. So that should change it. In other words, it's no longer the original item that you stole, right? So now, because after all, the Torah says Veheshev is a gazela. Well, it, so that would mean, let's say you stole a block of wood. It says Veheshev is a block of wood. Right, the yoga blocks or whatever. But now, what do you return? You don't have a block of wood to return anymore. Now it's a wooden bowl. So you have, you have lost the ability to return the thing that you stole and therefore now it's yours. And you, return, and you just pay back the money for it. Okay, so that's the case where it's Shino Maisa. Here, Shino Hashem Nami. It would be the same if you changed its sort of name or status, for example. Right, mashka. So, for example, originally they called it like a hide skins. abarzin. Now it's like a tray. You turn the hides into a tray, so you can't return the hides anymore. So that's what is the the. It's amazing, right? That it took twenty two years to resolve this, but this was the resolution. That it's the same mechanics, right? That just like Shina Misa changes the thing, and you can no longer return the same thing. Similarly, here. If you change the name, right, it, it used to be hide, now it's a tray. It, you haven't physically changed it, but you've changed its usage, and it's no longer the same thing. Okay. Uh, five lines up from the bottom, they're going to say, is that really true? We have already seen this Gemara. This was in Gittin and Hay. You might recall it. We took a beam. Uh, a thief uh, took a beam 
from like the, the construction site of the shul, let's say. He took one of the beams to, to serve as a supporting beam in his own mansion that he was building, right? So, so the Mi'ikarik Shura, initially it was just a cross beam in the parking lot of the shul. Lala, now it's called ceiling, right? Utsunan, and yet we learned in that mission on Gittin Hay, Al Hamarish Hagozel Shabanobabira, that we said over there, that Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgida said that if you took said cross beam and put it in your ceiling, Shinotel Damov, that the owner can't take the beam away from the guy who stole it from, right? The shul can't reappropriate it, or if it was from the parking lot of somebody else who was doing construction, you can't take back your beam. Right, you have to just take the money because the beam is now part of someone's ceiling, as the Gemara says. What's hashavim? What's takanas hashavim? The Chazal wanted the guy who stole the beam to have the opportunity to repent. Well, guess what? The challenge, the nisayon um, of repenting for something that would require you to tear apart your own house is too great. So we say, you know what? We want to promote the repentance. We want to incentivize it, and at least not de-incentivize it. So we say, you know what? Just pay him back. Right, if we had to take up tear apart the whole house, he would never do that. So time to play the concept of him. Now, watch the inference that the only reason why we make him pay back the money instead of returning the beam is because of this idea that we want him to do tshuva. As we finally arrive at some Zion, it seems that the cross beam would have to be returned entirely intact if it were not for this takana sashavim. So what do you see? You had something that was a cross beam. Now it's sealing. Were it not for the takana sashavim, the shinui Hashem, right? The change of status from cross beam to ceiling in and of itself would, have, would not have made the person who stole the beam required to pay the money. Rather, he, it looks like were it not for the takana sashavim, he would have to pay back the beam intact. Okay, that's the, that's the shayla. It looks like the shino Hashem in itself does not create an ownership um, for this thief. So Amar of Yosef, Marish Shemo Allah. The, the case is different because the fact of the matter is, even though it's in Yankov's ceiling, right, he's the thief, even though it's in his ceiling, it's still called a crossbeam, the Tanya, because we have a Brysa. The Brysa is describing the Yecheskel's vision of the uh, ba- third base of Mikdash may, may be built by Meher Menu, and it refers to the Tzlaos Habayis. It refers to the frame of the house, of the base of Mikdash, right? So when a builder looks at a house, yes, when, when we laymen look at a house, we just see a house, and we look at a ceiling, we see a plastered ceiling, but a builder can see the cross beams, right? He sees it as frame plus, right, drywall plus paint, right? So that's what slaws the bias. It's almost like the ribs of the house. Elu amitaltalim. These are the amelatitin. The cat, the cast, the casings. Veha ubim, the ubim. Elu hamarishos. Those are the crossbeams. So what we see is, that despite the fact that it's already in the house, it's still considered a crossbeam, and it is for that reason. In other words, there is no shino hashem. That's the answer. That when it comes to a crossbeam in a house, there is no shino hashem. And therefore, it is for that reason that typically you would have to return for, to the crossbeam were it not for the fact that we want to have a takana sashavim. So an alternative answer to the cross beams, which is it is reversible change. In other words, this is not a real Shinoi Hashem. This is an interesting concept of Revzera. In other words, what is Shinoi Hashem? Right? If you reappropriate it in such a way that nobody would ever use it as the original thing, so then that's a Shinoi Hashem. It changes its status. But here, you know, it's a giant uh, iron cross beam, right? Uh, when this house gets knocked down, as Time goes by, they'll reappropriate, reuse it again as a crossbeam. So it didn't really change the shame at all, according to Rebzera. And it's for that reason that we have not have Shimon Hashem, and that's why we don't have the difference there.
<coughs> that's why we, um, it's only for Tachonis to shove him that we say that he doesn't have to bring back the beam. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, Do we really call it a change, right? When, when, when you have an irreversible change, even when it's irreversible, does a change in shame, right, really consider a change in something? Don't forget, it's a change only in what we call it, or maybe what we use it for. But the physical object itself did not change at all. So is that really enough of a change to affect a Kenyan? Now we're going to bring a case of a mikvah. Uh, what happens with a mikvah? A mikvah needs to have natural water. You can't fill it with a, take a kli, okay, and then gather the water in a kli and then use the kli to fill the mikvah with water. It has to have natural water. Can you have holes in the ground? Yes, you can have holes in the ground leading into the mikvah that we do that all day, every day, right? But, so that's not considered a kli. But to take an actual kli and to pour it into the mikvah from that, that possibles the mikvah, you can't use it. Oh, so what's the halacha as follows? Let's say you have a pipe, okay? Um, so you have a pipe, okay? For whatever reason you're using wood pipes, I don't know that I would recommend that, but let's, for argument's sake, take a block of wood and hollow it out and turn it into a pipe. Okay, so initially it was a block of wood. Now it's a pipe. And we have the following brisa. So what, what, did, uh, what did we do? The shul had a mikvah campaign and then they took uh, a block of wood, hollowed it out, and then attached it to the ground as an apparatus to feed the mikvah water. Says the Gemara, says the brisa, posel a mikvah. The mikvah is going to be puzzled. Why? Because you're using a kli. Right, something, a kli, something with a kli kibble, something that has, right, it's hollowed out and now it has, it's a receptacle. So you're using a kli to feed the mikvah. Of course that's going to pass the mikvah. Okay. However, conversely, and here's where it gets interesting, what do you do? He stuck the wooden beam up against the mikvah and then hollowed it out. That pipe is considered part of the ground. Okay. It's not considered a kli because it never was a usable kli. Right, and so instead of just hollowing out the ground where it's going to collapse, let's say, you stuck it in the ground and you gave it the name of ground, and then you hollowed out the wood, and now you have a little bit of strength around, right, that pipe in order to allow the water in. Now, wait a minute, ask the Gemara. If you say that the change of a name right, is a legally significant matter. So now you change the name. Because what did you do? You took a block of wood and you hollowed it out and you turned it into a clee, right? Now, it's a clee and therefore it's a new thing. Well, if it's a new thing, then why does it matter whether you hollowed it out before you stick it in the ground or after you stick it in the ground. As the Gemara, I'm just going to read this last line again. Even if, even if you stuck it in the ground first, when you dug it out, now it's no longer ground, it's a kli, right? And therefore it should still passel the mikvah, right? So we have a fascinating idea here where you took a pole and you, change, you took a beam and you changed it into a, a pipe and you change its name. Now, again, you, you change it physically, okay? But watch, it matters when you change it physically. If you change it physically above ground, then of course it's going to be a clean, it's going to be usser. And yet the Bryce seems to tell you that when you change it physically while it's already in the ground, it doesn't change the name of it. It still remains ground 
and therefore it's not going to pass the mikvah. Why is that? So let's see what the Gemara says. So the Gemara, shiny shiva demidurabanani. Yeah. You could poke holes. I see Barry, he always looks at me inquisitively when I make no sense. And I'm not making sense because you change it physically, right? And is this really Shino Hashem? Like, is this really, what is all this? And the Gemara says, yeah, you know, maybe it's not a great <laughs> parallel altogether because all of this is Midura Banan. In other words, Shino Hashem would be significant, right? Certainly, even if you first attach a block of wood into the ground and then hollow it out, it would be considered a kli. It's just that this whole idea of drawing water, pasling mikvah, is all midurabanan. And they only applied that, because they were durabanan, to kalim that were hollowed out above ground. And so it is for that reason that once it's in the ground and it's hollowed out, it's not going to be a problem. But none of this has to do with Shinar Hashem or anything. So that's the, uh, that's the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Well, if that's the case, so then why do we care whether the pipe was hollowed out and then attached to the ground or hollowed out while it was in the ground? Maybe the disqualification should never apply because it's only Darabana. So the Gemara says, that was the nature of the, Gerba- of the Darabana. So the Gemara, Hasam ikotaris klialav betalish. Yeah, because if you do it above ground and you hollow it dense, then it's unattached. And then you have a gazera derabanan, right, that you don't want to use those kalim to feed a mikvah. However, hacha ain't love But here, now we're defining what the gazera derabanan was. That it did not have the shame kli yet while it was above ground. And therefore, it was only once it was in the ground that it was hollowed out, and therefore it was only then that it had shame cleave. By then, it's already good enough. And so when we're going to build the mikvah, we're going to rely on this tremendously, right? Because we need to have pipes. We need to be pragmatic and have the water go in. Uh, it, so essentially, right, this is not this Maim Shu'uvim idea, right? It's, it's a Darabanan. So it can't have, so to speak, the appearance of Shu'uvim by taking actual vessels and piping and like stick it in. But when it's all kept like underground and then you hollow it out that way, you sort of preserve this idea that it's supposed to be all natural, even though you are making kalim under the ground. But that's the nature of the gazer der abanan by mikvah that has nothing to do with shinei shem, uh, and, that, and it's for that reason that we don't uh, apply it as such. Okay, so now four lines up from the wide, we're going to ask another thing about yeush. Because we had mentioned the different things that affect the kinyan. So one of them is the yeush of the original Baal, right? The, the original Baal gives up hope. Does that mean that at that point the Ganav has acquired his theft? Let's see. Mesve. A Ganav, a Gazan, a Anas. These are all kinds of people who are taking it. A thief, right? And a Gazan is taking it in broad daylight. And Anas is, he's, take it against your will. Maybe he's going to pay you. But the point is, they're taking your stuff. Okay. Right? So this is the uh, issue we discussed before. The idea here is Kinyon Gezela, right? These people who took your stuff. And then they're makdishit. The hekdish is chal. It works. Trumas and truma. They take off truma, whatever they stole, right? Let's say it's subject to truma. Take it off. Umasar saying miser. We can take off miser. Sounds like, uh, sounds like they are reconet, certainly, right? Because you have to be the bilim over these things to take off trumas and misers. So they were reconet in some way. It sounds like it had to be right, where there was Yehosh of the Bailam. If there was no Yehosh of the Bailam, then certainly if, if the original Baal didn't despair and whatever, was, uh, was unaware and would have wanted, to, wanted it back, so then there wouldn't be a Kenyan. So it sounds like at some point a real Kenyan was made. So let's 
analyze this a little bit. Umri. Hasam ikashino Hashem. Right? We tried to isolate a case where there was Yehush of the Bailam. But here there was, in addition to Yehush of the the aforementioned concept of Shino Hashem, of changing the status. After all, right? Demi Kara, Tivlava Truma. Right, so when you're taking off Trumas and Maestras, so I guess you would have to say, and again, you could spend a month on this in Yeshiva, but simultaneously, as you were taking off the Truma, it was initially Tevel, and now it's Truma. So in simultaneous with the act of taking off the Truma, you've acquired it by changing its status, but not because of Yehusha Bailim, but because of Shina Hashem, right? And similarly, Hektish, Mikar Chulun, Bahashta Hektish, right? When you are Makdish something, initially it's just regular Chulun, and now it's Hektish, so you've done a Shina Hashem simultaneous with the Geneva, and therefore it was for that reason that you have the Kenya Geneva, but not because of the Yehusha of the Bailim. So, Amar Chista, Amar Rabbi Yonasan, Minayin Lashina Yishu Kone, this is talking about a physical change, okay? Uh, right? So now we're like working our way back to the basics here. We said that the Pasuk says, you have to return what you stole. So, in other words, the whole Pasuk in Vayikor, okay, so you return the Gazela that you stole. Well, obviously, if it's a Gazela, you stole it. So, the Asher Gazal is superfluous. What is the Asher Gazal? It's teaching you. That if it's indeed in the same physical state that it was when you stole it, so that's what you return, as opposed to if, right, it's already been altered physically, so now you only return back what's called the monetary value of what you stole. You can no longer, obviously, return the original thing, so you return back the monetary value. So the Gemara asks, The Gemara simply asks, we have found elsewhere... Okay, uh, a few days ago we learned in the Gemara that Asher Gazal is teaching us something else and is therefore not super, superfluous. What is it teaching us? It's an unusual case. A guy steals something and then uh, normally uh, he, conf- he confesses. Okay, he steals something and then he confesses which would um, mean that he has to pay an extra surcharge of a Chomesh but then he dies. Oh. So does his confession now pass over the surcharge fee to his heirs? Right? Because he had already confessed. So, so he owns the, owes the sh- surcharge. Do his heirs have to now pay that surcharge? The answer is, Asher Gazal? No. The heirs do not inherit this extra surcharge. That surcharge is only tethered to the actual Gazla, not to his heirs. Okay. So we already have a share gazal. Once we have already have a share gazal, where is our source that a physical change means that you only have to pay monetary? So it says Right? Right? The Torah meant right, the Torah the Torah should have said Esigzelo, but it says Asher Gazal. Somehow the Lashon of Asher Gazal. Right, in other words, the Torah could have been more efficient. It should have said, Veheshev Esgzelo. That would have taught you both of, both of those things. It would have taught you that you have to return an, idol, an item that you stole and that you don't have to pay the extra Chomesh. But it went the extra mile, Phil. And then on top of that, it, didn't, it just said, Asher Gazal. That's a lot of extra things. That is enough to teach you two things. That you don't have to, pay, that the heirs don't have to pay the chomesh, and that once the thing is physically altered, you don't have to return it. That's what it says. So the Gemara, that's one answer. 
Um, another, now we have a little other, that's Rav Chista quoting Rav Yonasan. Some recorded this whole thing differently, and they said, Amar Rav Chista, Amar Rav Kone. That how do you know that Shinoi is not Kone? Okay. Shinema Beheshevis Hagezela. Mikol Makom. So now we're coming from the backside, and we are trying to prove it differently. Beheshevis Hagezela sounds you return whatever you stole, no matter what state it's in. Okay, in all cases, regardless of whether it's in the same form or anything. Okay, so that's another way of understanding the Pasuk. Of Haksiv Asher Gazal. But we just said that Hasher Gazal means it has to be in the same state that you stole. It says, Wow. In this version, the Hasher Gazal Taka only does teach you that you don't have to pay the surcharge for your father. So you don't learn both lessons. In other words, it... It depends on how you understand if you read a lot into it and you think that teaches you that you return it in any state that it's in now, so then that means that you need Asher Gazal to teach you that the father doesn't take on the extra surcharge. If you think kind of means that you should return it in its own state, then Asher Gazal is available to teach you more than that. It's teaching you it has to be in the same state and you have to uh, pay the surcharge, be that as it may, those are the two versions. Um, and that's where we learn this idea of the physical change. So according to the second version, the physical change is not so conclusive. It's only in the first version that we see that physical change, uh, you pay back only the money. So now we're two lines up from the bottom of Samachzayin Amadalaf. Two dots. Amar Ula. Let's talk a little bit more about Yeush, whether it's Kona. Kona. Let's bring sources that when the original Baal, right, is, uh, or despairs of ever getting it back, that, that does not affect a Kenyan for the th- thief. Pasuk HaMalachi. Shem's complaining, the Navi's complaining, uh, on behalf of Hashem, you guys are bringing me the sorriest, lamest karbanas I've ever seen in my life. You're stealing it, you know, you're supposed to bring your choices, right? We have Kain and Hevel. You're supposed to bring your choice of stuff. You guys are giving me stolen contraband stuff, weak stuff, stuff that's on its way out, all the all the sorriest stuff. You bring me the Aravos like on the eighth day of Sukkot. Like, what do you? This is this is sick carbonus, etc. Well, in so describing those carbonus, you're saying stolen, sick, piseach. So guzzle, do me the pisa, the piseach. Uh, by lumping them together, you're showing that a stolen animal is. Like a lame animal. Once an animal is so lame that it's on its way out, you can't fix those of us, you can't fix that animal. So, too, as we turn to Samuel so too, when you steal it, you can't unsteal it. Says the Gemara, it seems to imply. But this is a categorical statement that once you've stolen it, you have a gazela in your hand, you have contraband, right? You have stolen stuff in your hand. And it seems to be categorical, irrespective of whether the original owner despaired or not. Okay? In all cases, it's going to be what? A disqualified korban. And this is their proof that Yehush is not Kona. Because after all, if Yehush was Kona, this is the irony, that if you steal something and the Baal uh, the original Baal despairs of it, then theoretically, as the Ganav, you can bring it as a Korban. We're going to see this, I mean, we're going to see this 
I'm not a million times, but we're going to see this a lot. <laughs> this idea of how does a god of bring carbonus? Um, we did talk about it uh, a fair amount in Lulav Guzzle, right? When we were talking about mitzvah above Bavera. I'm trying to anticipate all of Barry's questions on here uh, because <laughs> there is, um, right, there, there's a whole sugi of mitzvah above Bavera, and it certainly is applicable to bringing carbonus with stolen things. Right, and so can you, right, but, okay, but we're trying, we're trying to keep it clean now just with respect to isolating this idea of the Kenyan Geneva. What Barry's asking me with his eyes is that he's saying it's still a stolen object, meaning let's say there was Kenyan Geneva and let's say the thief owned it, right? Now he's bringing it on the, um, on the Mizbeach. You can't say that, that so, so but he's still a Ghanav. It's Kenyan and Geneva for a reason, right? He's still a Ghanav. And the object is still a, a stolen object. So it still shouldn't go on the Mizbeach, right? <laughs> so this, is not really, this shouldn't really be a raya for Yeish or not. So what do you want me to do, Barry? You want me to read Tosfos from top to bottom? You, uh, <laughs> right, no, it's a good question. Why it would be applicable to here is something that, that requires Ian. Okay. Uh, Rava Amar. Uh, so further, Rava says, Mehacha. It's derived from here. Korbano. Pasuk says it has to be his korban. So you see, I held off because Rava always, with his insight, comes to the rescue, right? He's saying it from a different source, and he's saying as follows, korbano, right? The, the carbon has to be his. That's what the Pasuk says, right? Well, if the Pasuk says korbano, then it means veloha gazel. You're not supposed to bring a stolen carbon, amos. Well, when... Was this guzzle? When was this hektish done? If you're going to say that he, that the goslin, right, decided he's going to be makdish this behema, don't you hate that, Phil? The self righteous thieves. That's like, do you know people like this? It's not, it's, it, 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 it's not for us to judge, but like the people who will steal from someone in order to bring it, make a pop and circumcise and bring it as a carbon. I mean, I'm, not, I'm allowed to kind of. Look down, not look down, but I'm, I'm allowed to find that distasteful because the Navi and Hashem themselves complains about this all through Nach, right? <laughs> it's really distasteful behavior, the self-righteous, right, low life. Anyways, so, but again, when, when he was Makdash the animal, so if you say Lifnei Yehush, before the, the Baal, the original Baal actually had despair, so Pshita, Lama Likra, right? It's obvious. You don't have to say Karbano, right? Because it's obvious that it still belongs to the original owner, and the hektish isn't going to work, and you're not going to need the pasuk of korbano. So why do you need the pasuk of korbano of aloha gazel to invalidate that korban? To teach you that no, that even after yeush, it's still not valid as a korban. And from there we learn that the yeush did not work, right, uh, to make a kenyan. And so it's from the Pasuk of Karbano to teach you that it still didn't make a Kenyan. Barry's question is still a little bit alive, but Rava, Rava zeroed in a little bit more on the fact that it's a Gzair Sakasiv. And somehow in the word Karbano, it's trying to teach you that the Yehush of the original Baal was not effective. That's what Karbano is teaching you. That the Yehush was not effective, and therefore it's still what? Considered tethered back to the original Baal, despite, irrespective of whether you had Yehush or not. Problem is, however, the Gemara asks that yesterday 
it was Rava himself, or Rava who the Amar the Gazal Karban the Chavre. Rava is one that had the case where he's explaining that the Brisa is referring to a case where he stole his buddy's already Mukdash animal. Well, once it's already Mukdash, it doesn't demonstrate Yehush one way or another. So that's a problem. So the Gemara answers, Ibai Seima, Chadarbei. Yeah, that's a real big problem to, to, to quote Rava as being the one to say that this was an animal that was already consecrated and there's only two ways out of the problem. Either Rava changed his mind or Rav Papa, who was Rava's like main like note-taking Talmud and gave Chazarashir for Rava, said it over in his own name, but a lot of times people confuse that with Rava's sayings because he was saying so many things in the name of Rava that... Uh, that they thought that that's what Rav was saying, but that was really Rav Papa's own, own stuff. Okay, fine. Okay. Can you explain why uh, the carbon that was Mukdash already yeah. does not show that he owned it? Yeah, because um, the way I understand it is that once the original Baal, Barry's asking, how does, how does the Mukdash change the fact that, that it, it's tethered to the original person? Because... We already said that being makdish something is a uh, demonstration of ownership, right? You can only be makdish something if you actually own it. So up until now, we were talking about, well, does the thief have the authority, so to speak, right, to own, to, to, to be makdish this thing? And that would be uh, a way of telling whether the thief owns it or not. And whether he can be makdish it or not would then furthermore reflect whether that ownership was affected by the original Baal's Yehush and his despair or not. But none of that applies to when the original Baal was Makdashit. Once the original Baal was Makdashit, nobody disputes that the original Baal had the right to be Makdashit, right? An, an original Baal of an animal always has the authority to be Makdashit. It has nothing to do with Yehush, has nothing to do with Kenyan Geneva, has nothing to do with any of that. The original Baal was Makdashit, so you're asking, okay, well, now the thief took it, and brought it on the carbon, yeah, but it's still carbono, right? And loha guzzle, in other words, it's that for sure is gonna be a stolen thing that traced back to the original Baal. Because the original Baal was the one that was Makdashit, and that he for sure had the authority to do. So all of this question of Yehush or not Yehush or, or the Kinyani Gazela are, are not relevant because at the moment that the original Baal was Makdashit, it was like an affirmation, so to speak. Uh, I mean, he did so all, uh, by the authority of his original ownership that was never questioned. And then he was Makdashit. And then now that it's taken, so of course it's tethered back to the original owner because it had established its status of Hekdesh while it was still in the possession of the original owner. So of course it's the original owners, right? It, so, that, so it's time-stamped as being Mukdash uh, then, and therefore it doesn't fall into the acquisition. That's a, obviously, that's an important question. Okay. So now two dots, seven lines up from the wide. Talking about Dalad Vehei. So the rest of the daf here is kind of playing with the psukim to understand why Dalad Vehei only applies to what? A shore or a seh. You have to look at Shemos Chafal of Lamed Zayin. And the Pasuk says, Ki igno vish shor o seh, utvacho machro. Right? This is, the, this is the Pasuk that is under discussion here. A person steals a, but it says specifically, right, an ox or a sheep. And then he shechts it or sells it. So then, this is what we call it's really You pay five times the bakar if you 
did so to an ox. Ve'arba tzon tachas hase. Right? And four, for if you did so to a sheep. So the Gemara asks, Am I? Nelef shor shor mishabas? Malan chayav of kiyotzbehem? Afkan chayav of kiyotzbehem? This is actually a good question, though. You remember, I still remember, this was before your Israel trip. We were talking about all kinds of halachas that had to do with if it falls into a boar, if, it's gonna, if you're going to be chaya for it, if you have to pay nazikin for it. And if you might recall, then in all those pesukim, we're also, we're always talking about ox and chamor, etc. Well, how about the, other, the rest of the animal kingdom? We had a whole amud of comparing shore to shore from Shabbos, Sure, to sure, from this and that, different sources, Xer shovels all over the place to show this covers the whole animal kingdom. Well, where, where is that here? When it comes to Dal Vahey, the Pasuk says sure, and then the Pasuk says seh, and we're limiting it to sure and seh. Asks the Gemara a very reasonable question. Why aren't we, why are we jumping on this, giving the whole Amad of Xer shovels and expanding this halacha of Dal Vahey to the entire animal kingdom? You steal chicken, so pay back four chickens. Why, why not? So the Gemara says, Amarava. The reason is, Amar Kras Shor Vaseh Shor Vaseh Shnei Pamim. You have to look at the structure of the pasuk, right? Because we just said Kignov Ish Shor Vaseh, and then later it says Yishalem Vaseh Utvachom Achor Chamisha Bakar Yishalem Tachas Hashor. Repeats Shor again. Arbatzon Tachas Haseh, and then repeats Seh again. So by the repetition, it's emphasizing that it's Dafka Shor, Dafka Seh. Okay, Shor Vaseh. In midiachrin alo, that's what Rav says as we um, arrive here. Amri at the symbolic time six thirteen a.m. That everything else not so Amri. So now we're going to look at Rav here. Hamiyater. Oh wait a minute. Which one of these is the uh, is the superfluous one? Shor or se? Ilay mashor shor v'seh the sefer miyater. So it says shor v'seh in the beginning and shor v'seh at the end. Which one is the superfluous one? If you're going to say that the superfluous ones are the ones at the end, the nichtav achmana. What would the pasuk look like? It would look like this. Uh, I'll say it outside, and then I'll read it inside. I'm reading it without the the repetition of shor v'seh. So kignov ish shor oseh utvachol machrol chamisha b'kar yishalem b'abatzon. Okay, right now they're reading the gemara. Dichta v'chmana kignov shor oseh utvachol omachrol chamisha b'kar yishalem tachtav b'abatzon tachtav. You see, it didn't repeat shor and seh. That's what it would have read since it repeats shor and seh. Now. You, you, you learn the extra thing that it's only applying to Shorvaseh. Is that how you're supposed to read it? Says the Gemara, no, I don't think so. The puzzle doesn't read great, great that way because <laughs> because if you read the puzzle like that, it sounds like any time you take a Shor or a Seh, you have to pay four Bakar and, uh, I mean, five Bakar and four Tzon for every theft. For a total of nine, right? Because it doesn't say that it's five for the shore and, and, and four for the set. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it says tachtov. Maybe you say the word tachtov in itself indicates that. One, we could have mistakenly thought that chad would be superfluous. However, the second one would, is needed for a separate drasha. In other words, if you think you can learn it simply for tachtav, you cannot, because we've already used the tachtav. Unbeknownst to us, tachtav has been used for a different drasha as follows. The Tanya, the Brisa says, Yochel gan of shor v'seh, shor, shavim mane, yishalom tachtav negidim. You might have thought that a thief steals, let's say, a $100,000 ox. He can return another, in its place when he's paying dalad v'hey. He can pay five 
uh, half, de- half dead oxen, because after all, he's yoitse, right? It, just, it said dalvei, it didn't say what quality they need to be. So the Gemara, Tamaloma, Tachtov, Tachtov. The Tachtov is teaching you no. Same quality. You can't mess around. It has to be um, in place of the one that you stole. Okay, so now the Tachtov is not Miutar, and the Shor Vaseh itself, we need it too, because otherwise we think that we pay nine. El Shor Vaseh, the Reisha Miutar. So maybe you could say the original um, mention of Shor Vaseh in the Pasuk is the one that's the Miutar. The Nichtav Achmona, Kignov Ish Utvacho, Omcharo, Chamisha Bakar Shalem, Tachas Ashor, Vabatzon Tachas Aseh. What the Gemara now is doing is reading the Pasuk without the mention of Shor Vaseh in the beginning. It just says, if a person stole and started shechting, doesn't say it in selling. It doesn't say anything. And then it's uh, about what it stole. And then it says, So you understand from that that what did you do? You stole a shore and a set. says the Gemara, I would have made me thought that you only have to pay this extra dollar if you stole both a shore and a set. Because it didn't say that if you stole or a shore or a set. It just, we skipped that whole thing out and we said, that you pay one for the shore, one for the seh. So maybe you have to uh, steal both to be chayev. Says, yeah, the Gemara says, Utvacho chiv lechad. Yeah, but it would not have made that mistake because you wrote Utvacho. Utvacho is a singular. So it's obvious it's either a shore or a seh. Okay, but maybe we'd have known that only f- with regards to Tvicha. But what about selling? Right? Utvacho omcharo. But yes, it says the Gemara, omcharo chiv lechad. It's kind of like hom- homiletics, right? We're, it's a rhetorical question, right? It says tvachol in the singular. What about macharo? It also says macharo in the singular. When it says shechting it in the singular or selling in the singular, it's obvious it's referring not to both a short and a set. Something is happening in the singular here. So maybe you would have thought that you have to steal both the short and the set and sell one and shech the other one. O mecharo Yeah, but for that it says o mecharo. The o means that you do one or the other. So the Gemara, no. Still not good enough. I would still think that he's not going to be chayiv until he steals both the shore and the seh and slaughters one and leaves one over or sells one and leaves one over. In other words, guys, we need the whole Pasuk to understand what's flying. That's the bottom line. <laughs> you stole both the shore and the seh. It's not the only thing that triggers Dalav Hay. If you steal either or, it's going to trigger Dalav Hay. Whether you talk about, okay. And so that, that's how the Gemara uh, eventually explains it. The following idea of Rava's understanding of the Pasuk, El Ashur, the Seif of the Seder out there. Wow. You would not have guessed that looking at the Pasuk when Barry reads it as Balkari. He understands the Shor, the mention of the ox in the Seifa, and the mention of the Set in the Reisha are what is actually superfluous. The Nikhtar Rachmana ki gnov ish Shor Utvacho. This is what the Pasuk would have looked like if you dissected it as follows. It says, a person steals Shor, Utvacho, Omcharo, and he right, shechts it or sells it, chamisha bakar yeshalem tachtov, you have to pay five times, ve'arba son tachas haseh, and four if it was a se. That actually reads straight. Sure, the seif of the se, the reish alamali, that would read straight. We would understand everything that we understand about the halacha, and it is therefore the sure that is superfluous in the seifa, and an additional se that's superfluous in the reisha. And why are they so superfluous? Shmamina shavase in midechrina lo. It is those extra ones, the shor in the seifa and the se in the reisha, that teaches you that it's only shor that are actually the cases where you're going to be chayev dal Every other aspect of the animal kingdom, they will not be chayev dal 
And that is why this is not included in all those Gezer Shavas that we saw by Bar, not included in the Gezer of Dalva. Hey, it's unique to Shavas. Uh, so let's pick up tomorrow the two dots, five lines up from the bottom of Samach Zayin, Namud Beis.